Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Wow. Do you know it's been a year since we did one of these? Because you are far too busy it's being not you. Been a year. It has. We did Man of Steel. Didn't we do that last Christmas? No, it wasn't that then. Feels like it. Does it was have we done something this year? Yeah, Man of Steel. Oh, okay. I'll have a look in a minute because we do have some emails to have a look at, but we'll we'll intersperse them. First of all, the lovely listener, the one that sticks around <laughs> and comes back year on year. You may have noticed there is no introductory bit this this week. You know the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. That's because I've lost the files. Oh no! <laughs> I have lost the opening credit files for Hey Kids Comics. I don't know where they are. I've looked everywhere. Right. So I could download an old episode and then just edit and it. chop That's them too off. Too much effort. But that, yeah, I can't be asking all that filth. And the times we were fancying, we faded it out and segued in. Yeah. And, and now I've, I've not. I don't know where the original files are. That's shocking. It is shocking. So for those of you, that this is the first episode you've ever listened to. Hello, I'm Andrew Leyland. Uh, I'm Michael Leyland. This is Hey Kids Comics, and it is an annual show. <laughs> Has become. <laughs> Where we look at comics and comics-related stuff, mm-hmm. and have done since you were fifteen. Yeah, and you are now twenty-three. Excellent, thank you for that. It's not that I didn't know. No, and it's not that I had to think about it either. <laughs> hey, where'd you get to my edge? Anyway, this is the annual. Well, this is what we got for Christmas show. Yes, because uh, young Michael is obviously busy being twenty-something and has a job and. A girlfriend and a life and a college course and all that other filth that goes along being 20-something. Yeah. And therefore only came home on the 24th of December. Mm-hmm. And he's going back home on the 28th of December. So our time to our time window to record something is severely limited. So this, today, I'm actually going to timestamp this one. Oh, yeah. I think we've done that on a couple of the other annual ones, you know, for posterity. Right, okay. You know, when people look back over the archives <laughs> yeah. of the 20th and the 21st century to understand this thing that people, was podcasting. People will look at, will look at us, will they? They will look at us and, and go, holy shit, what a waste of, <laughs> what a, waste of a life. <laughs> oh, there goes the iTunes tick thing. Yeah, but... uh, it is the 26th of December. 2018. As we record this, it is 1546, <laughs> which means nothing if you're in Australia. Good eye, mates, or America. Hi. Uh, oh, wow, or, that was awful. That was a bit bad. <laughs> yeah, my, my Australian accent, though, was better than my American accent. I'm about to say something. And my American accent is normally stellar. <laughs> I am interchangeable when I am out with Americans, which happens every day. <laughs> it's like my Scottish. I can blend in with the Scots. Until you open your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, in addition to our usual what we got for Christmas crap, we will probably um, alight upon some discussion mm-hmm. from the email section. Yeah. And uh, I've pulled up what are my top five favourite books of the year that just jumped away. That, right. uh, they didn't have to be published this year. It's just oh, stuff cheating. that I read. This year. Oh, I that's cheating! I I bought all of. Well, no, I didn't buy all of them this year. I bought some of them this year. Oh, you. Here we go. Then you're just spiraling away from your own rules. <laughs> what are rules for? If not to be torn into tiny little pieces and trod upon with gay abandon. Well, you know, if we're doing an episode which is basically hey kids capitalism, you've got to follow <laughs> some rules. Hey kids capitalism. <laughs> 
I quite like that's the title. <laughs> well done. You've saved me having to come up with a title for the episode, uh, which I appreciate wholeheartedly. What have you been up to this year, Michael? Oh, I've been up to plenty of stuff, if only I was sober enough to remember it. You weren't sober when we picked you up from, no, from work. No, I was no, I could tell. Yeah. Any road up, uh, should we have a look at one of the emails? And we'll intersperse the emails, like I said. So the first email, Bailey! Michael Bailey emailed in. Yeah. On the 27th of July, 2018. So I suspect you are correct. Yeah. We must have done something over summer. Yeah. Which I have completely forgotten about. I am usually correct. I just like hearing it from other people. If there's anything more important <laughs> than your ego, I want it caught and shot now. All right, okay. Shall we look at uh, Bailey's email? Hello, yes. Mikey Might Be. It is lovely to hear from you. Gentlemen, I don't know about that, do you? Mm. Mm. Glad to have a new episode. Glad to have you talking about Superman. Always good to hear this sort of thing, as Happy Birthday Superman was second only to your coverage of the entire Nightfall, Night's Quest, Night's End, Zero Hour, Zero Month, Prodigal Troika saga in terms of quality and epicness. I never argue taste, so I'm not going to argue most of your issues with Bendis' Man of Steel. In fact, I will agree with some of them. I had a very similar reaction to Michael when reading the Action Comics 1000 story. The girls start going back and forth, and I said aloud, confusing my dogs, I see you, Bendis! And there was a lot of repetition in the series. I just didn't care. Overall, I enjoyed the ride. The only thing I'm going to argue with is the assertion that DC, I've not done this for a while, you can tell, can't you? Simply brought back the pre-Flashpoint Superman and moved on. Michael specifically said it was lazy, and from the outside looking in, I can see where he would think that. Having followed Rebirth all the way through, I can say that the current thought put into writing the ship that was Superman was anything but... In the interest of full disclosure, I am a mark for Dan Jurgens. I like the guy, and I like the guy's work. I don't think that has overly coloured my perception of how he and Thomas Iron Gleason took a broken character that had been stripped of everything that made him what he was and gave us something good again. And he was right. I love those words. The New 52 is one of the worst periods in Superman's history. It was a bad decision after bad decision. After bad decision. Even though I was really unhappy with 89% of those stories, I would have been annoyed if the pre-Flashpoint Superman and Lois and John all just popped up in Rebirth number one with little to no explanation. It would have been lazy. It would have bordered on insulting. But that's not what they did. They let the story unfold at a good pace. They used Mr. Mixie's Pitalik and Mr. Oz to explain the split of the two Supermen and used Mixie to bring everything back together again. They spent two issues after that going through the new history and proceeded to cement this new old version of the character. I'm not happy that the poncy blonde dude is still in continuity, but they retained bits and bobs from the New 52, which I saw as being respectful of the work the creators did during that period. I won't argue that Bendis did his whole exposition slows me down approach to telling his story. I'll agree that explaining things like how Jor-El could be there would have been preferable. I'll even agree that the art was uneven, though I now want Jason Fabok to draw a regular Superman book. But the Superman we have today was not brought back hastily or lazily. Anyway, great episode, as always. Good to hear new stuff from y'all. I almost wrote this at traffic lights for old time's sake, but Georgia recently passed a hands-free law, so we can't have our phones in our hands whilst driving, even if we're at a stoplight. I'm good. Well, yeah. Rightly so. I, I agree with that law. Also, congrats to Michael for graduating. As someone that has been there since 2011, it's been a privilege to see you grow up and become a man. One of the few disappointments in hanging out with Andy and his family in Florida was that you and Adam weren't there. Maybe next time it will be the whole fam. Cheers, mate. Mikey Mike B. Well, what do you have to say about Superman six months down the line, Michael? We were just talking about this yesterday, weren't we? Yeah, but we? we didn't record it. We didn't. Um, <laughs> we were just chatting. 
<laughs> I think that I think the new fifty two thing. Um, I still think that that is an issue for me because of the the, the way that as a company they were treating the two Supermans as two separate characters mm-hmm. when they're not. No, they sh- oh, they shouldn't be. It's there's there's no new fifty two Superman pre new fifty two Superman the rebirth Superman. It's all it's just Superman really. Mm. And ultimately, I think you can't pinpoint your sales problems with just Superman. And they say, "Well, we brought back the old one. Read our books now." Because even before Flashpoint, DC didn't know what to do with Superman for a good decade. Mm. So like, there's a difference between not knowing what to do and then making what. <laughs> I guess there's not really that that kind of difference. There's you're not a separate. He's not a separate character if you've done a decade of not knowing what to do with him, and then a few years of doing bad decisions with him, and mm-hmm. then say, "Well, we brought back the old one. He's a new character because you didn't know what to do with that character." So stop pretending it's two different Supermen. Do you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, yeah. I I don't think as a company you can just turn around and say, "Oh, they're two different characters." They're not. It's Superman. Right. Learn how to deal with your flagship character. Right. Well, is he the flagship character anymore? I don't know. He isn't. Batman is. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of Superman people. Hi, Mike. Hi, Bob Fisher. Out there right now, chomping at the bit that I've just said that, but I don't think Superman is the flagship character anymore. Yeah. Because I think for a while, Marvel didn't want Spider-Man to be their flagship character anymore. They wanted it to be Iron Man. Right. But Spider-Man's too damn stubborn to let that happen. Yeah. Because the films, are, let's be honest, the films are leading the way. Yes. Which is a shame. Um, since we did that, Bendis has continued to write Superman in action. The Rogel Czar storyline is still going on. It's still going on. I think we said as well, like it would have been better if they'd just put him in the Phantom Zone. And if you wanted to return back to him, mm. then just do it down the line. Yeah. But it's... So action is... Better than Superman. Yes, because it's the character book... Whereas Which is Superman, the wrong way around, isn't it? Yeah, whereas Superman is the action book. Now, if you were a good writer, you'd be able to marry He is together. a good writer. He's just not a writer who works for you on a lot of occasions. I think Bendis is a good writer. I think Bendis is a good storyteller, but he's not a good... Or he's a good ideasman. Mm-hmm. I, I, I read his Avengers for, what, 15 years? Yeah, you stuck with all of that, didn't yeah, you? I but, gave up. So... I do not believe that Bendis is a good writer. I absolutely don't. I have on my phone a checklist of how many times Jonathan Kent said, Dad, what's that? That's <laughs> not a good writer. And if he was a good writer, he wouldn't need two separate books to tell characterization stories and fighting stories. If he was a good writer in the... And I pinpointed this in the latest issue of Superman. At one point, Superman just goes to Rogelzar and says, what's your big deal? And he goes, I am not talking to you, which reeked of, I don't know what the shit I'm doing with this character, so I'm going to pretend that he's just too stubborn to talk about his backstory. Oh. He doesn't know what backstory to bloody write. That's not a good character when you're a year later. We should know a little bit more yeah. about him at this point you're than we do. You're not a good do. writer if you've come up with this character who can beat on Superman but doesn't actually have any character a year down the line See, after a mini-series and an ongoing. It seems weird that it's me saying this after I've just done an episode of Palace of Glitter and Delights all about his Miles Morales run. Right. Which was not overly positive. It wasn't overly negative yeah. either, I'll, let's be honest, because I don't really do that. But I, I, I don't agree with you that he's a bad writer. I think he's a writer who frequently has ticks and tropes that don't often work for me. Right. And I also think, though, that leaving him behind for years and then going back to him when he picked up Superman did me a favour. 
because right. I got monumentally bored of him. So I just left him. I just stopped reading his stuff. I didn't go on Twitter and demand he be fired. Well, yeah. It's just... I, I don't see it as ticks, though. I see that has him. That's how he writes. It's like... He's he's the the Stephen Moffat of the DC universe now, mm. in that he's he's too kind of I don't know he's so Stephen Moffat with like Doctor Who he was too he was too wrapped up in nostalgia trying to bring that in every episode he had to have a flashback to all the other ones mm. and that's basically what Superman kind of feels like now he can't really every issue he's got to have the bad guy from Superman four in. He's got to have a reference to this and a reference to that, and he's cramming in all these different references, and he's just going, "Oh, this is cute, isn't it? Uh, Captain Adams in it now. Yeah, this is cute, but where's the a dialect story? for a hero? Yeah, but where's the story? Where's the bloody story, Bendis? I know you know your DC history because you're writing for DC, but where's the story, Bendis? I've just paid four pound for your comic. Where's my story? <laughs> action, on the other hand, that is good. Yeah, I enjoy action comics. Yeah, it needs its own identity by having a single artist. Yeah, but it's much better. And I feel like I've read a little bit more. Okay. You know? All right. Well, I, I think the Superman stuff is... Yeah. That's not... We're not going to agree. Although I do agree Superman is the weaker I don't weaker want Bendis book. off Superman. I just think that he should maybe let someone else write the other title. Or interlink them better. I mean, you did yeah. say something about maybe they should go back to that. Not the triangle system. But, but for the, him to acknowledge that he's writing two books. Yeah. Or like they did with Batman and Detective Comics back when I was a kid. Yeah. That Batman would lead into Detective, which would lead back into Batman, and they were both written by the same guy. Yeah. But the problem with that was if you didn't buy Detective Comics, you sometimes miss part two of a story. Yeah. And that kind of thing. I guess I guess wrapping up some kind of coherent ideas about it, I think his Superman titles are even Bendis. It's just all too, at the moment, because he's still new and fresh on, mm. everything's just so, it's like the honeymoon phase. Yeah. It's everything so flashy and shiny and exciting, yet you scratch away that, that top layer or you wait a bit longer and there's these cracks starting to show because Bendis, I don't believe Bendis knows really what he's doing. It reads like he's making it all up, but everyone's just too busy, you know. DC, well, arguably, DC we're all and, making stories up. Well, yeah, but Bendis and DC, just like, they're sitting in the corner, they're jacking each other off, going, oh, we're so excited because Bendis is writing Superman now, but really it's like, it's just a name and a title, but nothing really worthwhile has come from it yet. Yet. Well, it may yeah. do. It should have come after the six-issue miniseries. I, I agree with you that that six-issue miniseries should have been more of a finite story than it was. Yeah. And Because essentially, like I think you pointed out in that show, this didn't feel like a six-issue miniseries. It felt like the first six issues of a new book. Yeah, I and mean, what's just come out? Issue five of Superman? I think, no. we're, I think we're up to five or six, That's yeah. issue 11 of Man of Steel. Yeah. And maybe they should have just called it Man of Steel. Yeah. And just carried on with that numbering system. So even then, I still don't think DC really know what they're doing it with either. No, um, but they are getting the money out of him. Yeah, and I'm still buying it, so I guess, you know... <laughs> so it's got something then. I'll eat my cake. You've not uh, you've not ditched it just yet. Because again, it's too bright and shiny and every time it shows, I'm like... Oh, that Steve is... Rude cover. Yeah. The glossy Steve Rude cover was gorgeous. Yeah. I liked that. All right, okay, well, should we should we uh, go back to the email in a bit? But first of all, do the ooh swag yeah. portion of the show. All right, well, first of all, I'm going to go to go through my shiny blue rays. Right. I got shiny blue rays. I got shiny blue rays. I got the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is not so shiny. It is shiny. Well, no, it, it's deliberately made up to look like a VHS. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Although it's the size of a Betamax. 
which confused me. Right, okay. So I thought maybe they should have been better if they'd done this as a Betamax. But anyway, uh, Angela bought me the special edition. Right. Which is awesome. It's three discs, and if you take the disc out, it looks like a video cassette. Yeah. But you see what I mean about the size of it? Yeah, the that's... size of it is a Betamax, not yeah. a VHS. So that could be confusing. And it's three discs of glorious, high-definition remastering of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV show. And apparently this has confused a lot of people. If you open the box... You get your 24-page booklet, which is nice. And yeah. an art card. Right. What is the point? It's a nice-looking yeah, it's a nice looking deco babel But if you look at that, that you, some people have said, well, where's disc three? Because yeah. apparently, disc three is tucked away there. Right. <laughs> and it, it's not immediately obvious that that's where disc three is. Yeah. But that, I think that's quite a cool design, that it looks like a, an old VHS box. And it's probably the final word on the BBC's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy television phase. Uh, at least until the 40th anniversary next year. All right, okay. When other stuff will know that happened with it. But it's good, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. I, think, I like the look of that. I think that looks quite nice. And I also got Robin of Sherwood, the complete series. Oh, wow. I loved Robin of Sherwood. Really? Yes. Yes, this was. Right. Shut your face. Okay. Turn that okay. smirk okay. off. Right. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was the best version of Robin Hood ever and still is. Okay. You cannot hold your Kevin Costners and your Russell Crowe's up against this <laughs> and say that they are better than this, because they're not, I quite w- frankly. I would not have said that either. Well, no, you would. All right, name me a better version of Robin Hood. It's certainly not the new one with Kingsman in it. I, mean, I don't know. What other Robin Hoods are there? There's the new one with Kingsman in it. Well, yeah. There's Russell Crowe's. There was where the he, ITV one. He can't one. decide where he could. This is the ITV one. No. You're thinking of the, the BBC one that was on at the same time as Doctor Who. Yeah, I am. With Anthony Stewart Head as the um, Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Yeah. Got bored of that. That was alright. Never stuck with that. This is the definitive Robin oh, Hood. Okay. I mean, if I knew my Robin Hood a bit more. Well, yeah. Michael Praed was Robin for the first two seasons, replaced by Jason Connery in the second season. Third season, sorry. Which meant they could do both of the Robin Hood legends. Right. Because there are two different legends of Robin Hood. One that he's a nobleman yeah. who comes back from fighting the war, which right. is what they did with Jason Connery. Yeah. And the other version, that he's just a normal everyday bloke, was the Michael Praed version. So they rebooted in the third season. No, they killed Michael Praed off. Oh, right. So it's two different Robin Hoods. It's Robert of Loxley was Michael Praed and Robin of Huntingdon was Jason Connery. So they got to do both of the different legends in the same series. Michael Praed went off to get shot in Dynasty. Right. And now he's in Emmerdale, which amuses me no end. Robin of Sherwood is now in Emmerdale. But it's by network distribution. And I'm a sucker for a good HD restoration. Right. Because they've done all the Jerry Anderson stuff. And UFO, and especially Space 1999, yeah. have never looked better than they do on HD from that particular company. So right. I'm looking forward to watching all of them again with Clanad's theme tune. Do, 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 do. Robin, the hooded man. Boom, boom. Do, 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 do. Boom, boom. Quality. Those are the lyrics. Those are That's the like... Yes, those are the lyrics. I'm not making that up. I mean, are they the only yes. ones? As well? Yes, they are the only lyrics. <laughs> I mean, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm not selling it. I mean, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> but it's got a great score by Clannad as well. I know all the music. With only the one. Yeah, no, that's just the theme. It's got great music in it. Right. Din, 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 din. That's the fight music. <laughs> It's not quite up there with... But it's good. Right. 
And there's all the, the stuff about Will Scarlet. Scarlet inside. Do they all have their own themes? No, yeah, they, well, they all pretty much have their own themes, but only has a, a lyric-y theme. Oh, right, okay. Maid Marion has a theme as well, but it's... it's but they don't say but Marion. They, but they don't say Maid of Marion. Maid of Marion, no. <laughs> anyway, what did you get? Now uh, that you've distracted me wholeheartedly. Uh, nothing Blu-ray. Blue-ray. No, we didn't buy you any Blu-rays, that shit, because no. you're all about 4K, aren't you? I am. Even though I don't have a 4K player. Well, that's a bit stupid. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, a um, gift. I mean, I, I, I don't know where to start, really. Just start at the top. What's uh, your icon? I haven't seen that. Get, put, do your two pop figures, your icons and your oh, pop yeah, figure. So, it's a, so Lex Luthor. Oh, cool. Lex Luthor thingy Yeah. That's Lex power. Luthor in his battle suit. Yeah, yeah. That's actually pretty cool. Where did you get that from? Uh, Dana got that me from B&M. Really? I had that and Superman and Dead Man and Mr. Miracle. B&M's pretty cool at the minute, isn't and it? And I had Swamp Thing. Now, months ago, or a couple of months ago, Dana bought me the Swamp Thing they had there. Yeah. And then uh, on the lead up to Christmas, she sees it on my shelf and goes, when did you get this? <laughs> did she not know that you I had Swamp Thing? She bought it for me said, oh, because I've bought you another one for Christmas. I uh-huh. guess I'll go return it. Oh, so she swept it for Lex in his battle suit. Uh, yeah. Cause... That is pretty cool. You got me Commissioner Gordon. I presume that was from B&M as well. It was, yeah. B&M, the, the figures in B&M, if you're not British, lovely listener, are only £7.99. Yeah, and it what are they in Forbidden Planet? Like 20 Because I want the Commissioner Gordon. It paid me to buy it and then give it to you. <laughs> Why'd you not buy two? I'm not buying two of the same thing. Uh, but have you got any of that? Yeah. Because I've got it. shelves full of them. I've now. got a few of them. Have you? Yeah. Right. I know about your Zatanna, but you'd already got it, so I kept it. Yeah. <laughs> What's your other figure, though? Uh, it's it's the the death Funko. I thought you didn't like Funkos. I thought I they were of the devil. I can't I can't stand Funko, even if they are going to be the currency in the post apocalypse. <laughs> they probably are. Uh, but a, another gift from Dania because she says that she only gets me the cool Funko. That is a cool Funko. Yeah, that's Neil Gaiman's death, or Sandman's death, I suppose. Neil Gaiman doesn't own it, does he? Well, yeah. Does he? Does he own the character of death? No. No, I, I don't, don't know. Is there, that... are some, there are some rights involved. Yeah. DC probably learned from Angela. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, But it is a good Funko figure, that. Mm. I've never seen that one anymore. Is that a special it's, edition Yeah, or it was something? a limited one somewhere, I think. Oh, well, it is cool. Mm. See, when Funko do cool things like that. Yeah, instead of just churning out, instead of just churning whatever out whatever may or may not be hot. Yeah. They're actually quite good. Mm. Books. We all got books. We did. We got plenty of we books. We got plenty of books, but I'm talking about books without pictures. Oh, I've got some of them. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Your your girlfriend, Dana. Hi, Dana. Bought me Spider-Man Forever Rung by Stefan Petrucci. How do you say that? Petrucci? Petrucci. Which is an adaptation Petruca. of the comic book story of the tablet, which is uh, Silverman and the Kingpin and the Magia, because they weren't allowed to say Mafia. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to reading that. These, these Marvel novels have actually been really good. There's one I've just finished, which is a prequel to the game. Yeah. That's good. Oh, okay. I enjoyed that. I thought that was quite good. Well, they're doing a comic series as a sequel to the game as well. Are they? Yeah. So the game's been popular then, has it? Apparently so. <laughs> More popular than the comic, perhaps. Well, apparently so. <laughs> so there's that. That's that's a proper book, listener. With words. <laughs> you know, no pictures in this. I read proper books, me. They're still about Spider-Man, though. Yeah. Well, you know, at least you can pretend it's it's literature now. I can pretend it's li- Speaking of literature, Big Damn Hero is the first of three Firefly novels by James Lovegrove. And I'm enjoying this so much. I got this yesterday on Christmas Day because that's how dates work. Yes. And I'm already 151 pages in. Okay. And the novel itself is only 
330 pages. So if I get to read as much of this today as I registered, I'll have finished it tomorrow. Yeah. Because that's how halves that's... work. <laughs> and so far, it's actually pretty damn spot on. I mean, media right. tie-ins are, are hit and miss, aren't yes. they? Yes. Let's be honest. For every Star Trek novel that rocks, there's a Doctor Who novel that's shit, and vice versa. Okay. You know, and for every Doctor Who novel that's really oh, yeah, good, yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's yeah, a shit yeah. Star Trek novel and so on and so forth. But this, so far, this is really good. Okay. And, and the guy's British, so Badger's dialogue is isn't accurate. embarrassing. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go blimey, Mel Riddles, zap me apples and pears, me old China. He does actually say me old China, but whatever. <laughs> He does. He does actually say that. Right. I was, uh, I was. And Jane quotes Mr. Spark. Right. Jane. Jane. Yeah. The hero of Canton. Did they have Star Trek in the Firefly? I would imagine that Star Trek did exist in the Firefly verse. Yes. Right, and he okay. says the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Right. And it's the only bit of it that took me out of it because I thought Jane's not that smart. Yeah. Jane's a bit dense. The hero of Canton. The man they call Jane. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's so good. And in the back, it's got the pictures of the next two volumes. All right, and are they out yet? No, they okay. are out in, uh, it tells you. March 2019 will be The Magnificent Nine, which he's, uh, I was looking on his Twitter feed right after I, I got this and started reading it, and he said, that is an unashamed rip-off of The Magnificent Seven. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to that, because one of my favourite episodes of Firefly was the one where they were helping the whole house. Yes. Which yeah, yeah. was an unashamed rip-off <laughs> of The Magnificent Seven. So I absolutely cannot cannot wait to read that. The first episode of the A Team. Yeah. An unashamed ripoff of the Magnificent Seven. So I'm just collecting them. <laughs> I'm collecting ripoffs of the Magnificent Seven because I love them. What's wrong with the Magnificent Seven? Do you want nothing? Great film. Even the remake's good. Is it? Yes. Yes, it is. Denzel rocks it. I mean, if you're going to replace Yul Brynner, you're on a tough thing though. Yeah. Denzel pulls it off. But then, then. Right. You've got to replace Steve McQueen. Okay. And they pull it off with Chris Pratt. Now, I would oh. never have said that Chris Pratt is Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen is the coolest man who ever lived. But Chris Pratt pulls it off. Totally. Yes, you can sit there and do your Thor Ragnarok shit all you want. Is it though? But it, it does. The remake of The Magnificent Seven, nobody more surprised than me, right. is really good. Well worth it. It's on Netflix. I'm sure it is. I've just got better things to do with my time. No, you've not. Like, wash my socks. No, you've not. You have not got better things to do with time <laughs> than watch The Magnificent Seven. The remake? No. It's called Honest. <laughs> I see that this is an uphill battle. All right, what are your books without pictures? I've only got one, really. Oh, well, tell us what the one without pictures it's, is. It's a little... It's a little. You're not allowed to say the title really? of this one, even with the ticky box to say so, the swearing in it. Oh, um, God. It's the autobiography of um, Kant and the gang. There we go, Kant. Is that Kant. is that his actual official Kant. name? No, it's not. I don't know what his official name is. I think he's wearing mm. a wig too. But yeah, so he's he was a minor, a minor, minor YouTube celebrity. Um, Words that should be banned from any conversation regarding celebrities. Yeah, uh, such hits as. What can you say? Well, can you say yeah. The, there ro- you go. the wrong Ian Watkins. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so is that relating the Ian Watkins who got sent down for pedophilia and the one from Steps? Yeah. Who was Ian Watkins in? That's uh, that's the wrong question, isn't it? The last one, yeah. <laughs> what Ian Watkins? What band well, you know, was Ian Watkins in? He was in Lost Prophets. Just like the, who was he in? <laughs> you know, just like Ian Watkins himself talking about it. You, you know, you've got a difficult approach, haven't you? Yes, yes, you have. Yeah, I feel sorry for H from uh, Steps. You know, um, 
Jimmy Savile and the Sexy Kids is another one of his, his songs. Uh, Bangers and Mash. Bangers and Mash is safe. You can say that one. Yeah, as in the toilet roll and the poos. Oh, did they know? Let's move on. But yeah, so it's it's it was he was doing a Kickstarter because uh, he's not done anything for a while, and it's basically just some of his funny stories while he was touring. Uh, and with his band that he's never going to get her play on radio. Well, no, it's it's just him. Uh, and he's been on TV with uh, the Christmas song "Jesus Baby with a Beard." Yeah. So he signed it. He's called me a naughty word, and he's drawn a bit. A willy he's drawn in a it. penis. He's drawn a willy. In Maturity it. is its own reward. And uh, you know, we go to the back, and again, Dana got me this. Um, she spoils you. Yeah, it was a fundraiser, and I was going to, but I figured, you know, is your name in it? it? Yeah, it's here somewhere. You should highlight it. Oh yeah, Kate Bush. Oh, Katie Bush. I thought Kate Bush has never sponsored this guy. I'm not going to be able to find my name now, No, you should have highlighted it. There we are. Oh, where are you? There we are. Page 371. Michael Paul Lee. Wow, full go. full name. In the uh, the wanks very much section. <laughs> God. It's... Oh, that's something else as well in that Firefly book, because he's British, uses wanker properly. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was impressed by that. Anyway, let's move on from my cunt. I mean, it, goes with, it, Can't. Goes, it goes well with my uh, cunt or fix it t-shirt that I, that I have as well. Just no. No. The vast majority yeah. of our audience do not know who Jimmy Savile is, and that's a good thing. It's it's one of those things where you're kind of laughing along with it, and then you feel a bit bad afterwards. <laughs> oh, dear. it's like realizing that Rolf Harris played the Legend stage not that long ago. He did, yeah. That's quite sad. Well, there's a moment actually. So I'm sat. He's on Spotify, and I download some of the stuff. So I'm not listening to all of it. I'm on the train coming back from class, and uh, this one song comes on. It's called basically like. The song is about how he fancied this girl in high school. And then uh, he, he never had the guts to ask her out and that. But now he's grown up. The paper boy in his street looks a lot like the girl. So he... In, in What else did you buy? So I just burst out <laughs> laughing on the train. I was in absolute stitches while people were giving me weird looks. And I'm thinking, like, I'd rather you be giving me weird looks just for me laughing at my music than actually listening, <laughs> listening to, to what, what I'm, I'm listening yeah, to. Yeah. As long as you don't know it, it's, it's, all, it's all good. Uh, next. Um, Which is Zelda book? Uh, yes, this is off, off Dana's grandma. Uh, it's the uh, the Zelda manga. Oh these yeah, are, these are just nice little reprints of them. Uh, so just a nice little book, yeah. Adaptations of the games. I got one last year. It's so is this volume two? Yeah, well, they're not exactly volumes because they're all based on the games. And, and are they back to front? Order. They are back to front. Right. You'd struggle reading them. I would, yeah. I can't get into that, can I? You don't. You, don't, you just can't read Moon Runes. I, no. That, I mean, that's satire, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> some, the, there may be some people listening going, well, yeah, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> Straight over my head. Um, we'll do another email before we get into the, the meat of the episode. Meat. Look at that. The do proper you, comic book, comic books. Meaty ones, yeah. We do have some meaty volumes. Uh, Nathaniel Wayne emailed in. Hi, Nathaniel. Man of Tin. <laughs> Quite like that title. Just listen to your coverage of the Man of Steel miniseries and woof, that was a thing, I guess. I hadn't read it myself, so of course I only have your synopsis and reactions to go by, but this did not sound very good at all. <laughs> I had thought that fans had been complaining about decompressed storytelling for long enough that it had start waning in its use. Apparently not. When you were doing the synopsis, I honestly thought to myself, wow, they packed quite a bit into this issue, didn't they? Because I thought you'd say where the issue breaks were. But when you said, and that's the miniseries, I thought, wait, that was six issues? Normal price? I don't like to swear in correspondence, but fuck off with that shite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
because he doesn't do it often. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and there goes the iTunes tick box. <laughs> we lost that. We've, yeah, we've, we've kissed that goodbye once you turned 18. I like. <laughs> I'm also with Michael. Man, that feels weird to say. And how many unanswered questions Whoa. there were. <laughs> if the thing is being marketed and promoted as a standalone entry point, you can't have it require additional reading and also not end properly. Well, I'll grant that in a standalone, you can assume that there are some things readers probably know going in, who Lois and Cloak are, Cloak, who Lois and Clark are, that Krypton was destroyed, etc. But if you're going to contradict any of the mainstays, like, say, Jor-El being alive, you need to explain that if you're going to claim this stands alone. That's like a Spider-Man story where Uncle Ben is alive. I'm not saying you can't do it, although you probably shouldn't, but you definitely can't just toss it in there and expect everybody to be up to speed. Michael is also right, it's not getting any less weird to say, about it not mattering why Krypton is gone. There's a loss in the background of many heroes, but Superman is kind of unique in that the reason for the loss happened when he was so young that it doesn't matter. Unlike Spider-Man or Batman, who need to be old enough to comprehend on some level what happened to their loved ones and why, Superman only needs his home to be gone. The reason doesn't matter, which is probably why I honestly tend to forget what that reason is almost immediately whenever it gets brought up. Either that or my mind's completely gone, but let's not dwell on that. Great listening, as always. Happy Christmas from the Council of Geeks. Kikili yours, Nathaniel Wen. And I love that he wrote Happy Christmas, but wrote that in August. <laughs> Almost as if. Almost as if he knew that uh, we weren't going to be on until Christmas. It's time to look a lot like Christmas. What's the Muppet Christmas Carol? Only one more sleep till Christmas. That's, That's the one, yeah. isn't it? Anyway, next, the piece de resistance, <laughs> the main gift. I mean, there are others, and I'll go into them in a bit. This is the main but one. But this, this was the one I wanted. It is the Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus by David Michelini and Todd McFarlane. And it collects every issue of Amazing Spider-Man from 296 through 329, and his little backup strip with the Prowler from Spectacular Spider-Man Annual 10. The reason I favoured this one over the Eric Larson volume is this is a complete run. Yes. So if they've got any brains about them, if the omnibuses ever get this far, they'll just remarket this as volume 6 or whatever they're up to 7 by that point. Because volume 4 of Amazing Spider-Man is out this summer. Okay. So that'll take them up to issue 140-something, I think. So there's still a ways to go before you get this. But in this one, they've included the issues that McFarlane didn't draw. For some reason, they have included the two issues that lead into the marriage, but not the annual that has the marriage in it. Okay. So that seemed a bit strange. And they've included the issues in between that have Eric Larson and Colleen Duran drawing issues before the final issue with McFarlane, with him punching the Hulk. Yeah. And then they've included the next chapter of Acts of Vengeance, even though McFarlane's run had ended. Right. So it's a nice selection. What I love about this is if you take the dust jacket off, yeah. it's got a cover. And is it the black one on the back? Uh, yeah. The, so the cover is the cover of Amazing Spider-Man 301, which is Spider-Man in the red and blues. And then on the back, it's him in the black from Amazing Spider-Man 300. The recolouring on that one's not very good. Yeah. But I like that they've done that, because on a lot of these omnibuses, they don't bother doing inside the dust jacket, do they? Which is a shame. But um, the recolouring on the cover is gorgeous. And then if you look inside, they've recolored the cover, which is Spider-Man versus the Hobgoblin and the Green Goblin. But the actual issues, once you get past the first two with Vinnie Coletta inks, why? I mean, I suppose there's a reason that... Uh, I don't know what they are. But once you get into the actual issues, the reproduction's quite good. 
But I did notice. Let's get past. Oh, look, though. The, everyone, the anti-hero Venom. Like, there yeah. he is killing that 20-year-old cop who looks like Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. But he's a hero. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Venom. But anyway. Venom. 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 That's a shit song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've seen Venom. You've not seen Venom, have you? I've not seen it. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun film. But that Eminem song. Venom. 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 It's utter crap. You know, I, I like Eminem. The rule, <laughs> right. but that song is shit. Uh, one thing I was gonna look how heavy the inks are in that issue. Oh, yeah, you get into which issue is this? Issue 307 The Thief Who Stole His Self. McFarlane's into inking himself at this point, and my god, those blacks are heavy, mm. aren't they? I can't remember if like that in the original issues, so I'd have to go back and have a look. But then it goes back to normal. Apart, and then you get issue 310, and that's heavily inked. Very black, but then it, it calms down again. Oh, did you see? Did you see Jake Gyllenhaal the other day on Twitter reading. or whatever? He was reading issue 311. Yeah. <clears throat> so implying that he's playing Mysterio in the new Spider-Man movie. It's not implying, we know he is. Did, did we know it? Yeah, they announced it a while ago. So why is he playing a game then? That's, uh, no. oh, We've already silly. seen him on set in costume as well. Oh, right, okay, I haven't. It's but, I mean, right, leaked fine. photos. All right, that's that's fine then. Um, I'm looking forward to rereading all this because I do like the McFarlane issue. Eric Larson's first issue is not good in terms of uh, is Murray Jane. There's nothing wrong. It's no worse than McFarlane. It's not as good as McFarlane's. <coughs> I mean, his Spider-Man's great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Murray Jane looks like Peggy Bundy. Oh yeah. <coughs> just tell me she doesn't look like <laughs> yeah, Peggy Bundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The back of it is, like I said, they've got that little backup story from Spectacular Spider-Man Annual 10. Oh, look, it's Spawn. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, which is fun. And then they've got a spoof story from What The uh, with Batman. I don't know what that's about. And then all the covers that he did for Marvel Tales, reprints and such yeah. at the back. So with this and the omnibus I got last year, which is his run-on... Uh, Spider-Man, 1 through 16, isn't it? This is two pretty definitive Todd McFarlane volumes. Right. Because uh, I do like that poster from 350 that's half McFarlane, half Larson. Oh, okay. That is quite cool, that. The passing of the baton. And there's your Venom trade. Venom, Venom, yeah. Venom. <laughs> Venom. Venom. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on, Marshall. <laughs> you can do better than that, dude. I mean, I know you're a wannabe Dr. Dre, but at the very least... <laughs> He was grown in a test tube in Dre's basement. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Do you know I can believe that? I can honestly believe that. They're, start, they're starting to forget me. They're starting to forget me, Marshall. <laughs> forget about Dre. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that, I know that, this is winding Dana up in the next room. Hey, Dana, we need somebody to come in and defend Eminem. No, you're supposed to speak. It's an audio medium. Flashing the Vs at us just does not work. Eminem's great. There you go. Well, that's the Twitter argument. She, over with. she did. She did once try to talk me through the Eminem multiverse. There's an Eminem uh, multiverse. So yeah. So there's like you know, uh, Slim Shady is the Eminem from Earth Three. Right. Stan is your Earth Four Eminem. <laughs> Do- Doctor Dre is the anti-monitor. Is this true? This there is an Eminem multiverse. There are no, Eminem I'm making comics. this shit up, man. <laughs> there are an Eminem comics. There, are, there is an Eminem comic. Yeah. He meets, yeah, he he meets Archie in, at one point, doesn't he? Has, he, has he met the Punisher? Yeah. There is a crossover comic with the Punisher, and um, he did have his own comic, which I read once and it was really good. Um, but I Dude, really... I got you that, the Punisher crossover. Yeah. I found it for you, didn't I? Yeah. 
Because I, I rock. Like the song Venom. Like, venom, Venom, Venom. I like the song. It's good. It is not. It is so far away from good that it comes around the other side <laughs> and is actually shit enough to be good. Oh, I, it, I it's, it's inverted good. I think when you look at the lyrics, they're very clever. So. Oh, he does, he does, yeah, he does mention Marvel. I'll give it. Yeah, he does mention Marvel Comics. I'll give him that. Yeah. He's saying what? that in the song, he's saying he is Venom because even though people think he's, you know, a lot of people think of him very negatively, you kind of come back and listen to him. He's up his own he ass is, enough to re- re- relate to himself. That's what he's trying to say as... in the song. So there's a there's a, a Marshall Mathers multiverse where he's Venom. Yeah. <laughs> wow! <laughs> You've just cracked this case right up. Dana Tuckwood, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's nice to have you on board. Take 12 is the Justice League from Earth Thank Zero. Thank you for showing up to defend Venom, Venom, Venom. He'll earn more money than any of us have, so... <laughs> yeah, but he won't give us as good as a laugh. Thanks for having me. Bye. See you later. Venom, Venom. Anyway, what's yours? It sounds like a car, like, like driving <laughs> like really fast. backfiring. What was what's that I can hear in the distance? Venom. <laughs> anyway, next... Uh, so, an uh, off Adam. Yeah, your brother got you something, didn't he? Oh, well, I'll do. I'll do me Adam present next as well. Then. Okay. No, you do yours first. Yeah. yeah. So I got the first volume and the only one out at the moment of the the Animal Man by Grant Morrison, thirtieth anniversary deluxe edition. And why have you not just nicked mine? My trades. I mean, I would have done. Like you did with all I mean, issues of Hellblazer. If I, you gave them to me. I didn't give them to you. It's not how I remember it. You said you can have these. And I said, oh, cool. Can I have your preachers? And you laughed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, that does sound like me. <laughs> um, so it, basically this is just the first trade, but in a nice fancy hardback. It's, you know, a really it is a nice cool. hardcover. Uh, so it, it collects um, Animal Man 1 through 13 and Secret Origins 39. Right. Which is like the first trade of the Morrison stuff. But it is nice hardcover. The artwork hasn't particularly aged that well. Chris Trogue. Chaz Trogue. Chaz Trogue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, it's, it's not it's great. It's really nice ball and stuff. Uh, oh, it's got a thing yeah. under the dust jacket. Under Very nice. the dust jacket, it's got a different... Careful when you put it on the table. Yeah, it's got a different cover. Right. Again, the... Is that Brian Bolland? Yeah, it's the Bolland It looks covers. like Brian Bolland. Um... It's just it's just a really nice collection. It's good to know that DC are still. How many volumes of this will there be? Two, three. Right. It's, it's just good to know that DC are still thinking about a thirty-year-old Animal Man story. Mm. Um, well, isn't this one of those stories that has become an evergreen, like Alamo's Swamp Thing and Watchmen and such? I don't know. This seems to be getting more attention still than the Jeff Lemire stuff, and that was big at the time. That was coming. Yeah, out. yeah. And it's not as though Animal Man's not in at the moment. He's, yeah, but Grant Morrison is. Well, now these Grant Morrison. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the only disappointing thing about this really is... I just threw that in just for people who are missing it. Well, yeah. yeah. I guess the only really disappointing thing about it is there's nothing new. There's just four pencil covers from Bolland in the back. Which I don't think are in the trade. Probably not. No. It just, I mean, unless they're in later ones, because it just... I'm assuming these are just the cheaper smaller alternative to the omnibus which yeah. is long out of print and how how many volumes of that is it going to be to run through his entire lot will it be three like the trades well how many have you got the trades yeah there? there's three yeah so there'll be three then and then they'll go to jamie delano if they still carry on with i these. don't think jamie delano's will get a hardcover treatment to be honest with you why what's he done nothing oh right it's just crap yeah oh, fair enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> it isn't, it's not very good. Sorry. Jamie Delano's Animal Man. I don't think I ever read the Delano. Well, that says it all. Because that was when it went into Vertigo, yes. wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Jamie Delano kicked it off into Vertigo, yeah. And yeah. it just... But Jamie Delano... Oh, I don't like dissing on people, but I don't like Jamie Delano's work at all. His Hellblazer are pretentious as fuck. I didn't mind his Hellblazer. <laughs> it wasn't I tried to get your mum into some more comics, right? She read Preacher. She yeah. loved Preacher. She read Hitman, loved Hitman. Yeah. Read Lone Wolf and Cub even yeah. though we've never finished it, but liked that. And yeah. then there's odd things here and there that she's enjoyed. But I tried to get her into Hellblazer, and she read a couple of the Garth Ennis ones, and oh, yeah, this is okay. So we went back to number one, and she got, I think, half of issue through issue two yeah. of Jamie Delano's run, and went, what's this pretentious twaddle? <laughs> so, I mean, there's the argument there that he and it was pretentious around that time. I guess yeah. It, like, it's only really... Garth Ennis has forever pissed on John Constantine and claimed it his own. Yes, John Constantine. Like, Ernest made Constantine Constantine. Like, nothing else has ever been... Milligan's run was close to that. But yeah, Warren then... Ellis's run's fine. Yeah. Brian Ezzarello's run's fine. As with all the Warren Ellis's stuff, though, it just stops. Yeah. But that that wasn't really his fault at that point, wasn't it? Didn't yeah, he walk because so it... they pulled one of his issues? Yeah, the shooting, the shooting, one. the school shooting one, which got reprinted. It did eventually ago, get published, yeah. but he walked yeah. from the boot because of it. Yeah, it's the thirtieth anniversary of Hellblazer as well, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah, they got Sting to do the announcement dressed as John Constantine, which was genius. Do you not watch Legends? You don't watch Legends tomorrow, do you? I don't. Oh man, it is the best of the DC shows. Yeah, because it knows that it's stupid yeah. and revels in its stupidity. So they do they do lots of wacky time travel. So with the one of the most recent episodes this season, they go back in time to nineteen seventy seven and go and see a punk gig right. in London with John Constantine and his what was his band called? Mucus membrane. Mucus membrane get a mention. Yeah. And uh, the the reason they go back in time is the Queen is going to punk gigs. And right. it turns out the Queen is a shapeshifter and that's who they're going after. Because okay. they have to go back in time and stop anomalies that are interrupting yeah, the time yeah, zone. Yeah. So you ended up with Brandon Ralph being at a punk gig. <laughs> it was really... Because in the show he plays this really stiff yeah, yeah, yeah. scientist. So it's actually having him at a punk gig was really funny. It was a good one, that. Right, okay. I really enjoyed that one. Anyway, Legends Tomorrow is really good. Uh, my present off Adam, which is awesome, is the J.W. Rinsler book, The Making of Planet of the Apes. Which goes with his other making ofs up there, Star Wars, Empire Jedi, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which right. are all up there. Apparently, Rinsler wrote a making of Force Awakens like this. Right. That has never seen print. <laughs> he said it's finished. Right. It was done and dusted. It was all approved and ready to go to the printer. And either J.J. Abrams at Bad Robot or Disney said, uh, no. Right. So somebody didn't want something out there. But uh, Shame. this the looks. The best Star Wars film. It's not the best Star Wars <laughs> film. It's not even the best Star Wars film since Disney took over. Let's be honest. Last so, Jedi? No, Force Awakens. You said that they did The Last Jedi? Or? Oh, sorry, I meant The Force Awakens. Oh, right. Not okay. The Last Jedi. God, yeah. The Last Jedi is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That's pissed off after the listener bit. Yeah. There goes that thing. <laughs> but this looks absolutely brilliant. As with all of his making of book, it's very comprehensive. Some brilliant pictures. Forward by Fraser Heston, which I presume is Charlton's son. All details about the Bull novels, all the background art, all of the making of, all the stuff about the uh, the makeup and the filming of, arguably, 
Oh no, it's not arguable, is it? One of the finest science fiction movies ever made. The original Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to delving into that. Have you watched the three three uh, the three remake do over reimaginings? I have not. They're all good. All of them. Excellent. Three of the finest mm. of the reimaginings that we've had to put up with recently. Right, okay. All good stuff. Have you seen the comic they've just been doing, IDW, I think? What, the Planet of the Apes one? Yeah, no. it's an adaptation of um, the original script. Of Rod Serling's original? Rod Serling's oh, original right. script. So it's set in a thingy future with flying cars. and. Big, yeah, because yeah. that, that was rewritten, so it was too expensive, wasn't yeah. it? But they kept his ending, yeah. obviously. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, they've, they've adapted the original script right. in comic form. Have you ever been on YouTube and Googled Twilight Zone Planet of the Apes? I've not. Is, isn't that the one where they cut it down to 20 Somebody's minutes? Somebody's made a 30-minute yeah, yeah. Twilight Zone episode and made it black and white. And put some Rod Serling narration at the beginning yeah. and the end. It's actually really good. It's really fun. I really like that. Um, uh, you've got two more things. So very quickly, because I've, I've got three. Uh, I've not got a lot to say about The Walking Dead, Volume 4, Hardcover. Volume 14, a continuing story of survival horror. Apparently, issue 15's out. Right. So I'm one behind on this. But I'm, I'm still amazed that. that that's still going. It's just churning yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, this volume's going to be interesting because this is where the com- the TV show has just got to. With the, the whisperers, whispers, yeah. but you're at the point now where the book is going to have to be remarkably different to the TV show. I mean, I know it has been, yeah, but the show has borrowed liberally from the comics as it's gone along. But now the show doesn't have Rick in it anymore, yeah, and it doesn't have Carl, yeah. So you're going to have to, it's going to have to deviate substantially. Well, there's still the films, yeah, that Rick's in, yeah, but the TV show has jumped forward six six years in time. Right, which has allowed themselves Yeah, to... so for six years they've thought Rick's gone and dead. So what's he been doing for those six years and why has he never come all the way back? That's presumably going to be this trilogy of movies yeah, that Andrew how... Lincoln's So making. how does it end? How does he leave? Have you seen that? Yes, he right. is on a bridge. He's been stabbed in the most stupid way imaginable. Right. He's riding along on his horse. Some of the writing in The Walking Dead is fucking appalling. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Right. There are there are numerous... The, the one where it lost me completely, and I've only carried on watching it because your mum likes it. Right. Somebody, this was a season or two ago, somebody, I forget who it was, has a clear shot for Negan. Right. And the only reason the character does not take that shot, if they do, storyline's over. Right. Okay. No convincing character-based reason. Isn't Negan the best character in the show? That's why they've not killed him off. Right. Because I assume he's going to have a bigger part now that Rick's gone. But anyway, Rick's riding along on his horse, yeah. and he comes across some zombie people, okay. as you do in The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. And the horse, there is nothing. It was laughably bad. Okay. There is nothing around, apart from, as he comes across the bridge... There's like a burnt-out car or something with a pike sticking up <laughs> in this otherwise empty road. Yeah. And you're like, oh, gee, I wonder what's going to happen here. <laughs> and lo and behold, the horse comes across, gets startled by the zombies, turns around completely, like 180-degree yeah. turn, just so it can toss Rick off. Not like that. <laughs> Over the metal rebar right. for Rick to get pierced. Okay. So that he's bleeding and hallucinating right. for his next episode, which is his last episode, which is one of the most self-indulgent pieces of tripe I've ever seen on a major network television show? show. It is not a clip show, but he does. <laughs> he remembers Shane. Right. And he remembers Herschel. Okay. And other characters. The one who's now in Star Trek Discovery. I forget her name as a character. Sonequa right, Martin-Green, okay. I forget who she played. So he sees all of them again. And at the end of it, he sacrifices himself to blow up the bridge 
to stop the zombies to be able to get to where everybody else is. Right, okay. But he doesn't die. He falls into the river and he floats down the river and right. he's fished out of the river by this helicopter that has been following him around for a bit. Okay. Only a couple of people have seen it, like the one with the weird her. You probably don't even know who I mean. <laughs> uh, and she goes with him and he flies off in the helicopter and that's the last we see of him. But the characters in the show think he's dead. Right. Fades to black, comes back and it's six years later. Okay. So the baby that he had with um no what's her name dagger girl danae guerrera i've completely blanked on her name oh she's the big sword girl oh oh what did oh god anyway she's in black panther right sword girl whose name was temporarily she's a major character in this show for the past 11 years i can't remember her name she's in the comics as well you know those dreadlocks Suburbia, yeah. It <laughs> doesn't matter. It'll come back to us when we're not thinking about it. Uh, she was pregnant, although we didn't know that. So she now is a five-year-old. Okay. And the daughter, um, whose name I've also forgotten, right. of Rick and his missus, who Carl was always looking after, she's now 11. Right. And she now wears Carl's sheriff hat. Right. Because, of course, she does. Yeah. And that's where we left the rest. The next couple of episodes were six years in the future. Okay. Now, we've not established if that is now 2024 yeah. or if the show, like Lost, was not working on a real-time basis. Okay. Now, me and your mum's thinking is that the show is now 2018. Right. And the past six or seven years have all happened in a very compressed time scale. It's been six or seven years for us, yeah. but not for the characters because the only way it really works. Yeah. And that was how Rick got wrote out of the show. Right, okay. And the lead is now Daryl. <sighs> Who's not... He's the fan favourite, but he's not a lead role. No, he's not. He's I not a leading man. So he's, Even he's, as an actor, he's shit. Is Negan still in it, then? Negan is in a prison down below. Rick refused to kill him. Right. His belief being that if we kill him, we're not improving as a society. Oh, that toss. Then we need to move on. Hasn't he killed loads of people in Yes, the past? he's killed loads of people, but he won't kill Negan but because bring Jeffrey D. Jeffrey Morgan D. Morgan's back. good, yeah, and, and well-liked and, and yeah. so on and so forth. The most egregious thing, Maggie's just disappeared. Her yeah. last episode yeah. was also Rick's last episode. You would not have known that from watching the show. Right, she okay. just disappears. Okay. So obviously, Lauren Cohen was not valued as an employer, employee. And I know she was asking for the same money as Daryl and deserved it. She'd have been a better lead yeah. than boring old Daryl, squinting and grunting his way through his <laughs> scenes like it does. <laughs> now he's a big softy anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, she's just disappeared. Right. She's her. just not there anymore. They've not told us where she is. So whether she's going to come back, I don't yeah. know. But she's been gone for six years as well. I haven't. I have not watched The Walking Dead. You're not missing halfway, anything. Halfway through season two. <laughs> When I realised that it, it took them longer to find a girl than it did for Goku to fight someone, <laughs> I kind of switched off. It, it, it's not great. Yeah. To be fair. But you still watch it and read and it. Your mom, and your mum likes it. Oh, well, I still like the comics. And I, I still like the comics. Even though you're right, they are yeah. a formulaic. Yeah. They will they get together a big team of people. They'll, they they'll make be, a civilization, <laughs> Or in Rick's case, they will just blunder in and take over somebody else's civilization. And then it'll all go wrong. Then it'll then. be okay for a bit. Yeah. And then it will all go tits up and a whole bunch of characters will be killed gratuitously and nonchalantly. Yeah. And then they'll move on and do exactly the same thing. Do you think The Walking Dead is just Kirkman's 
constant cash cow while he does his other projects. Yes, I honestly do believe that. I yeah. honestly think, because um, we'll, we'll be talking about Invincible in a bit, but Die, Die, Die is his new thing. It I've is. read the first issue and thought it was all right. I read the first issue, I'm tempted it was right. to pick up the trade. Yeah. And give it more of a go. Didn't win me over enough to get it monthly. No. Yeah. And a lot of people are really pissed off with the way that he schedules it. Why? Like, he doesn't announce it. That was, yeah, because he wrote an essay in the, the end of the first one. Yeah, yeah, and that and... people are arguing that that's fine, yeah. but it means they can't order it. So they're going out into the shop and there's a new issue, Die, Die, Die came out, and the, the shop doesn't know how many to order. Right. Which is not doing them a favour in the current marketplace. Yeah. Where they have to order comics to that they know they're going to sell. And I get why Kirkman's doing it, and his, his motives are honourable. Yeah. I want this to be a complete surprise. But that doesn't work at the moment. No, I guess I guess not. Yeah. Any road up? What's next? Um. So you're happy with this one? I mean, which one? That oh, well, I thought you were going to do the top one first. Yeah, I'll do the top. Do the top one, so, one first. This is uh, the absolute Batman Incorporated. Yay! Incorporated. Which, uh, it's been out for a while now. It has. I had to search for this for you because yeah. I didn't know that you wanted this. You keep banging the mic. Sorry. Okay. But um, because you were on a budget. Yeah, and the one the link that you sent me for these you could have only afforded one of them but because I'm me I managed to find two for budget because I do have the trades for this oh I'll have so I've got the <laughs> oh no I'll keep them <laughs> I'll get the omnibuses because I've got the, the Batman Incorporated pre-new 52 stuff yeah the deluxe edition the so what's the what's, tell everyone what it is but then or have you already done so well, no, <laughs> but then the well I've already said what it is oh right okay but then they did for the new fifty two stuff, the volume two, they only did the small little hardbacks, yeah. which I have. Uh, oh yeah, the standard hardcovers. Yeah, so this is the first time that all of Incorporated is being collected together. Right. Uh, not only that, but because Well this is special. Yeah. Because Batman is of, everywhere. Uh, the the tight deadlines. Mm. Uh, coming up towards the last few issues, Burnham would get his friends on. Chris Burnham. Yeah. To uh do some filling pages and that and sometimes the art was middling yeah not so good so with this the the absolute edition as it is the definitive incorporated Vernon has gone back and every page he didn't do he has done Mm -mm. so you've still got your first volume where it's Yannick Paquette Um, so the first volume is pretty much untouched yeah apart from I think Paquette's gone back wanting to do a few pages again Burnham's still on it. Uh, Fraser Irvin's still on it. But then when we get up to... Yeah, so Volume 2, they've gone back here. Now, this was when it was in New 52 Continuity. Mm. So we have a flashback to the first time... He fights Raz al Ghul. He fights Raz al Ghul, and he had his New 52 on a costume on. All right. So he's gone back and edited it, so he's got his old... So he's got his Neil Adams outfit on. So it's not just him redoing pages he didn't do. He's gone back and completely changed it so it works within the confines of the Morrison story. So it's just a timeless comic book story now. Yeah. Because like we were talking when we were on about this yesterday, so it's not like Morrison's run on Justice League where suddenly Superman's ballerina Superman. Yeah, still... Ice skater Superman yeah, all of yeah. a sudden. <laughs> not ballerina. Not, still... the, not that there was anything wrong with him being a ballerina he wants to be. So there's still little things like Nightwing's costume is red. Yeah. Um, everyone who died in part one... Is <laughs> suddenly alive again. Yeah, there's a conversation they have where it's like, didn't we die? Well, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, now. we got better. So <laughs> Morrison did a good job of making it 
exist in and out of the New 52. Hmm. But basically, the you can still read this. The New 52 happened, but it doesn't... There's no drastic changes from whatever came before it. Right. Because, obviously, Kathy Kane is a big part of Incorporated. Yeah. She's part of the ending. Kathy Kane never existed in the New 52. Right. But she So who's was... Batwoman, then? That's Ruby Rose, isn't it? Well, the actress, yeah. That's Kate Kane. Kate Kane. So she... yeah. No, right. So she's a different... Kathy Kane right. is the old Batwoman. Who had her throat sliced in a Denny O'Neill issue. Yeah. Who was going to marry Batman. Right. She's been a big thing in R.I.P. and Final Crisis, the return of... She's been there throughout. So when they do the omnibuses, the Grant Morrison omnibuses, where's this going to come in? Will this be volume three? If they do three. Yeah. Oh, here we go, the death of Damien. Oh, poor Damien. Um, He'll get better. Yeah. Well, he did, yeah. Worst thing DC ever did, bring him back. Yeah, well, you know. You know, it's not as though this, 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 this run was about him becoming likeable before being taken away. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole point. I know a lot of people complained about what an unlikable oink he was. Well, that's the whole the point, point yeah. of yeah. the story yeah. was that he was an unlikable oink who became likeable yeah. and then got killed, so you'd feel something sorry for him. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's basically this is the definitive Batman Incorporated. Hmm. Um, Until the next time they publish it. <laughs> yeah. the, the, I guess the problem with it is all the bonus features is just everything that's in the trades. I know, but isn't the idea perhaps that the people who bought this haven't bought the trades... Yeah, I guess. But also, it's going to appeal to people like you who want the redrawn pages. Yeah, because it's a substantial amount of the book has been redrawn, isn't it? Oh, a, a lot more, yeah. And again, like, because there's there's not a definitive list somewhere, I don't think. Because again, not only is well, it, why don't you make one? Well, yeah, because not only is it just the pages he didn't do, like I say, he's gone back and edited hmm. things. So has he gone back and drawn issues that he didn't draw originally, or has he only edited no, pages no. to make the continuity work? Everything he did, yeah. yeah. So like I said. Yannick Paquette's issues. Right. But even Yannick Paquette has redrawn something. I think it's only one or two or something. Right. Yeah, something. Grant Morrison has enough obsessive fans that somebody somewhere will have done a detailed annotation of this. Frank Quitley not drew any of this. No, he didn't. Uh, Quitley didn't do anything for his Batman run. Right. Like the odd variant cover, I think. But no. Yes, he did. He did the first three issues. He did the first three issues of Batman and Robin. Right. Um, I see. But yeah, I'm going to have way too much fun getting my Just sitting out. there and comparing the two of them together. Like, not, not that we would, you know, not that I diss you for that. More fun than any normal person. More fun than any, any, more than anyone can expect, yeah. All right, should we do the last email? Yeah. Uh, ben Rush emailed in. Hello, folks. Hello, Ben. Oops, sorry, there was, there was a, a notification from Bleeding Shit. Sorry, Bleeding Gum. Sorry, Bleeding Cool. Go away, bleeding cool. I don't want to know you. Um, hey, kids, comics. Ben Rush. Hello, Ben. Hello, folks. Enough Star Wars. We need Tom King Batman. Enough said, Ben Rush. Never enough Star Wars, Ben. <laughs> quite frankly. But oh, yeah, we may get into Tom King's Batman at some point. You'd have to read it, though. I still have to read it. It's great, man. I'm not buying it. Oh, Everything really? I've read of him just reads a bit. You know, no, no. It's great stuff. It's Tom King's Batman. Tom King's... His dialogue's excellent! His dialogue is not... It's... Right. Oh, there are times where I don't know what I'd do with you. I mean, why, why would I want to read it now? Like, a good chunk of it is the build-up to the wedding. No, we it isn't! There's a reason for it! Tyler. That was the midpoint of the story. Uh, he's doing 104 issues. Issue 50 his... was the, the pivot. Pivot! And, that, and, you know, he did, his, he did his Mr. Miracle, which I'm sure is good, but he just... He just wants to be Jonathan Hickman with these repeated panels and empty pages that just have some text on. And what about the other, the vision? Was the vision not good? 
I got that for 99 cents of Comixology oh, Sale. I've not read it yet. He's doing his Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, Heroes in Crisis, yeah. Which I'm enjoying. You've read one issue. I've read three issues. Oh, you caught up I have now. caught up right. now, yeah. And that's the rest of Twitter turning off. Yeah. <laughs> After we said The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film. And I'm enjoying Heroes in Crisis. Bye-bye. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is better than I, I think it is. Yeah, it's fine. It's, whenever I go know. into comic shops, they have so many leftover copies that are falling off the shelves. Don't they have to buy so many to get variants and, and oh, stuff? Yeah, yeah they probably have over-ordered that. But it's like the Doomsday Clock. Haven't, hasn't everyone just forgotten about it? The reasons I'm enjoying them right. are the reasons that it's not doing well. Doomsday Clock's great. It is. It's, it is great. I'm really enjoying the Doomsday Clock. But it's a self-contained miniseries with no crossovers or anything. And that that's probably why it's not doing well. Even though I prefer it. I mean, technically, isn't Heroes in Crisis a spin-off of Batman? Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've just got a beep. I just got a message from Michael Bailey. Hi, Mike. Happy Boxing Day, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Literally just popped up as we're recording. Yes. Sorry. Distracted Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Well, you've not read it yet, so. Oh, yeah. I read the first issue of Rebirth. And cause it was we, great. We covered it on the show. Yeah, with the aeroplane and, and the and the thing and the thing and the what and the yeah, it was so good. Yeah, I thought it was crap. Oh, for fuck's sake! I thought his dialogue was. His dialogue's great. Gammy, overwritten. No. Trashy. No. B list. When Clay Mann's drawing it, it's it's peak Batman. Oh, Clay Mann is great. Yeah. And when uh, Lee Weeks is drawing it, Joel Jones is great. Joel Jones, Weeks brilliant. Is great. Yeah. It's so good. Just, I don't like his dialogue. Oh, God. I don't know what to do with you. I've got nothing. I'll read it all one day. I've got nothing. You know, if, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not. En- <laughs> Scott Snyder's Batman's great. I'm not enjoying anything he's doing now. So I'm, I'm balancing the scales. That's, that's I'm balancing true. my scales. That's, that's very true. Anyway, my last two. Uh, I've got hardcover collections for Amazing Spider-Man newspaper comic strips, volumes three and four. Covering 1981 to 1984. And again, I've not got a lot to say about them because I've not read them. But what I do like is, once again, you can take the dust jackets off and the actual covers are on the covers. Yeah. So why don't you sell it without the dust jacket? That's not what <laughs> dust jackets are awful. Yeah, it's one of them things. You kind of, They kind of give them a prestige and make them seem like proper books. Yeah. But they just get in the way. <laughs> Especially with a big book like that, yeah. they're just gonna get all floppy and yeah, yeah, and you don't want to get floppy. So let's put that down there because obviously I've not read them, so I don't have anything to say. What's your last thing? So in the swag bag. This is another big one as well. Oh my, this is that's that is a huge one. It is. I'll have to have a look through this. I've not looked through this yet. I'll have to look through it before you go. Oh, now that's a handsome volume. In it. Leather bound. Leather bound. Leather bound. They are leather bound, yeah. So this is uh, Absolute Preacher, Volume 3. It's the last one. The third and final. Yeah. I mean, these are... Through the such nice little volumes. Yeah, yeah, they are. And Steve Dillon's art looks great. Yeah. And these oversized... How many issues is this? Uh, so this is from 41. Yeah. Through to... Well, the last one. 65. Yeah, and it includes Tall in the Saddle. All right, so were the other ones... Yeah, in the other... In ones. the other volumes, right. I don't think... The, oh, yeah, the first one's got Saints, Killers, and the Girl Boys. Right. Volume 2's got the Hairstyle one and the Jesse Cassidy one. Yeah. So this one's got Tall in the Saddle. Tall in the Saddle, which is essentially a standalone. Special? No, there was only five, weren't there? And the yeah. miniseries. 
the uh, Saint of Killers miniseries. Yeah, yeah, that's the first one. Yeah. So, yeah, this has all the salvation stuff in it, mm. which is where the book slows down. Yeah, it does a bit. But it gets, it I picks mean, up again. Taken on its own, I guess it's like, it's just Jesse does Justified for a bit. Yeah, well, it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's still brilliant bits in it, which, strangely enough, this one story, the salvation stuff, has never been more relevant than it is now. Really? Yeah. Right. I'd have to reread it all again. Not that that would be a hardship. How come is it that... What, what is it that he says? Oh, how is it the biggest proponents of white supremacy are also the worst examples of us? Yeah, and then he punches him. How come like, the biggest white supremacists look so under-evolved? Yeah, why have you got no chin? That, yeah. that panel is quite a famous panel, yeah. Yeah, because it's relevant. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's a shame so, that it's it's relevant, I yeah. suppose. It's got all your Vietnam stuff and then all the Cassidy stuff. And then the, the final storyline. And then, yeah, so it basically just collects everything. There's not much to say about this, really, I guess. Other than Preacher is the one of the finest comic book series ever made. Yeah. Top um, to tail. And has not been hindered by spin-offs like Sandman. Yeah. And other I mean, things. And My problem with all three absolutes is... Uh, Seth Rogen did the introduction to the first one, I think, and it's actors from the TV show doing them. And it's a part of me understands why they're doing. Yeah, it, yeah. The why these it's because of the TV show. show. But at the same time, why? I don't give a shit about that TV show. Yeah, and I've, I've, there used to be there used to be someone who came into our bar and he would like he hadn't read the comics but he'd seen the show. Mm. And, yeah. So we used to talk about it, and he's describing things to me that are happening. I'm just like this. Not only did this not happen, but this sounds fucking awful. <laughs> I watched about we watched the half. First one. Did we watch it all? We watched the first. See, one. I remember watching half of it. Yeah. All right, we watched the first one. I have never felt it anywhere compelled to go back and watch anymore. Yeah. It's one of them. Preacher means too much to both of us, doesn't it? For different yeah. reasons, but it means too much to us as a comic book series for that TV show to matter. That's in anywhere, the greatest little pace spread out. Well, as he rides off into the sunset the with one, yeah. Tulip, yeah. And you know, if you're enjoying it, fine. And if it brings more people to the comic, fine. And if it enables the printing of these three absolutes to yeah. sell, then fine. But I, I just don't give a shit. I don't care. And that's the thing. I don't care that it exists. This is the thing. I don't. I'm not going to do some rabid Twitter thing about it. Yeah. I'm not going to demand the remake. Yeah. I'm not going to demand the firing of everyone involved with it. Yeah. I just don't care that it exists. I just don't give a shit. I think we've said before, it feels like it was written by people who... Didn't understand the comic. read the comic and thought, right, okay, it was cool when her star wiped that guy's ass. Yeah. Like, it was cool. It was written by people that thought all the gross-out stuff was cool without actually reading what it was. Yeah. Which sounds pretentious, but... I mean, are people who are reading it, who've read it, enjoying it? I have no idea. Because it, it just does being a bit too... A bit too protective of the original yeah. material. Well, so, so, well, here's the thing, though. When, when, when you say stuff like that, people always turn around to you and rather smugly say, well, the comics are still low. Well, here's the thing, then. Yeah, the comics are still low to the point that I don't care about checking out the TV show. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in the TV show No, I don't give a either. shit. It's... I think it's badly cast from top to bottom. Yeah. I don't think any of them are any good in the roles disagree with me if you wish yeah. uh, I don't think it's well the the one episode we saw wasn't even from the comics was apparently it apparently the entire first season isn't what's the fucking point of that then I have no I don't, I don't really have <laughs> a problem when they do that in fact I kind of prefer it because it's not pissing all over the book yeah it's yeah. kind of like The Walking Dead yeah 
like straight The Walking from. Dead is its own thing at this point. Yeah, you can be faithful without retelling. Yeah. I just don't think it's inherently faithful. And I don't I'd not watched enough of it to say that first yeah. episode put me off forever. Yeah, I think someone said like oh yeah, how much the point now where our face has gone to hell and he's with Hitler or something. What? Like, what? Yeah. And what's Arseface's origin in the in the show? I presume he's not linked oh, to Kurt Corbett. I think he's into another band or something. All oh, right, because there's always going to be a suicidal. Oh yeah, he fancies this girl and they do joint suicide, but he misses or something. I don't know. All oh, right, yeah, because that that fits in perfectly with the story. Yeah, I don't. That's not missing the point at all. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right, okay. I mean, so but this, but this actual volume is great. Let's be positive. So um, <laughs> we've got a, ver- a a cover here that was unused for issue fifty two. Apparently that's never before printed. Uh, is it? Glenn Va- it's a cover. Glenn I know, no, but what, what, what is it? Uh, it's Tulip getting a gun for Christmas. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Why did they reject it, does it I say? Don't, I don't know. Right, it doesn't I mean, say. It, it just does says they never like ran Tulip's it. Tulip's dad is giving her something phallic. Yes, whatever. yeah, it does a bit. So maybe that's why they got rid of it. Yeah. I like her bunny shoes, though. It's the, the dust jacket for the final trade, I think. Yeah. A bit on the Jesse statue. A bit on the little figures. Yeah. Which I'll look fine. And that's that's it. The, I mean, it's very lacking in extras. extra material. It doesn't even have any of the, the Gone to Texas columns, which... The other volumes did, didn't although they? Although they stopped doing it at this point, because the forum yeah, thing... Yeah, Izzy's last Gone to Texas in this, though. Because his last Gone to Texas was a a farewell to the comic, yeah. no, wasn't that's it? that's not in here. Is that not in? Nope. Well, that's egregious oversight. However, it does have... Preacher, 95 to 2000, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, and them two sat drinking Guinness in a pub. Well, somebody's having a coffee, dude. There's a Guinness behind it. Oh, right, okay, he's having a coffee and a pint of Guinness. Gore and Paul, oh, right. probably having the coffee. Oh, right, okay. Do either Garth Ennis or Steve Dillon strike you as the people to choose coffee no. and Guinness? No, they do not. So that's, <laughs> all in all, that's that's quite a bittersweet ending, ending yeah. yeah. That's quite sad, really. Especially with the when you texted me the other day that Glenn Fabry's been diagnosed yeah. with lung he's, cancer he's been talking about on facebook he's been diagnosed with cancer yeah. is that is it terminal uh i don't know he's i don't think he said or maybe i've not seen it but right. yeah he's because that's that's quite sad as well because we are we're both coming we both came at preacher from different angles but it is it's my second favorite comic book run of all time and is it is it your first yeah, is it? It changes, I guess, but it's still like a constant. Yeah, it's still always in the top five. Yeah. Well, three. Top three, two. That, that invincible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good choice. Yeah, okay. Well, speaking of, that's it for gifts. That's it for our swag for this time. We've no more emails. So what I did, we recently on Facebook. This was the fourteenth of December that I posted this on one of the Facebook boot groups that I follow. There was just this thing: name your top five reads of the year. Yeah. And the, the only caveat was they didn't have to be published this year. What did you read this year that you, you particularly enjoyed? So my five, and I've just thrown this at you. Right. So I don't I don't know whether you have excuse me, I don't know whether you have five. Okay, okay, all right. But my five were Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubaker and uh, Sean Phillips. Right. Which you've not read, have you? No. But I think is is a return to form after the slight disappointment that was my heroes have always been junkies. Okay. Which, there's nothing wrong with My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies. My problem with that is purely me. Yeah. I have read a lot of crime fiction. I've watched a lot of crime noir movies. Yeah. And the ending was telegraphed a good third, two-thirds into the book. And I thought, well, that can't be the ending. He won't do something that obvious. Yeah. And he did. Now, in many ways, it's the only way the story could go. Yeah. So I don't really fault him. But 
because I kind of got what that twist was going to be before we got there, and there was no twist on that twist, yeah, I was kind of left feeling a bit underwhelmed. It also did not feel like part of the criminal universe. Is it? It's got a criminal story on the <coughs> on the cover, right? Okay, um, but it doesn't feel like it's part unless those characters are going to come back in his new criminal series, yeah. which up till now has always been about Teague Lawless yeah, and his yeah, son yeah. and various hangers-on, hasn't it? Yeah. Whereas this was a completely new set of characters, so it's entirely possible. Is Criminal still going to be a TV show? Uh, he has said in the backup columns, because Ed Brubaker's stuff is worth buying in single issues, yeah. because the prose pieces at the back are never in the collected editions. Apart from in the fade-out. There are a couple in the fade okay. out, but not one from every issue. Right. Okay. Because uh, I did read the fade out this year as well yeah. in full glorious hardcover and thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm still that halfway through. Yeah, it's good though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. Very disjointed, but that's the that's deliberate though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, deliberately disjointed. But uh, Phillips's are, I think, just it, has got better best. and better. And when you get to kill or be killed, yeah, it's better again. I think a lot of it is down to the colour in those. Yeah. Right? Well, it's Elizabeth Bruitzer. Yeah. who has um, been on the receiving end of some hate on Twitter because her husband is a Comicsgate supporter right. and all of that Comicsgate okay. shit that we're not going to get into Yeah, because, you know, Ethan well, Van Sky was a dickhead. Stuff. But her colouring's excellent, yes. Uh, absolutely fantastic. But now it's Sean Phillips' son doing the colouring. Okay, right. So I don't know whether that's played into the decision. Right. But Sean Phillips' son... Coloured my heroes have always been junkies, okay. and it isn't as good as Elizabeth Bruitzer's. Now you'll probably get though, yeah, yeah, yeah. within the fullness of time. But Kill Ob- I mean, I actually asked Phillips, was he doing something different? Yeah. When I bought the first Kill Obby Killed volume off him at Thought Bubble last year, yeah, because he signed it for me. Because I bought the two magazine criminals as well, yeah. Savage Sword of Criminal, and what was the other one? I don't know. There's the Deadly Hands of Criminal. Right, they did okay. like Savage Sword of Conan and Deadly Hands of yeah. Kung Fu, and they did them as magazines, and he signed both of them. And I asked him, was he doing anything different? Because his art was absolutely career best at the minute. He's doing digital now. That's yeah. what he said. He said, the only difference is I am now working completely digitally, which helps with the colouring. And right. he said, that's the only thing I can think of, and that is reflected in the printed yeah. version. I think Phillips has always been a very muddy artist. Mm, but he's, he's not anymore. He's retained that to a. Yeah, to a degree. Enough. Yeah, I'd agree but with I that. But I still think he's at his best when he's... Yeah. Like, there's one issue of Hellblazer he did. Uh, John Constantine's in a laundrette, and he's... It's just this dirty, rough, muddy thing. Shitty laundrette in that's, the middle of London. That's when Phillips is at his best. Is that a Warren Ellis issue? I don't know. I can't remember. No, I, mean, I remember the, the issue the you're on about. The artwork is dirty and yeah, yeah, yeah. heavy. And that's, that's me, Phillips. Like, his clean stuff looks good now he's digital, but yeah. that's... It's missing that rawness. Right. Okay. I think I think that's I think that's the best thing they've done so far. Right. On a career that has not had any low points. Lower, uh, but not lower. Yeah, yeah. Even my heroes have always been junkies. It's not bad. It's yeah. not a disappointment by any stretch. Criminal. I think for me the high point is the last of the innocent. Yeah. So that's that's my standard. So like, where, where is it there then? Uh, it's better than Last of the Innocent. Killer the Bad. Killer be killed is my favourite of the thing they've done. Okay. Full stop. Right. Okay. So far, and there's a very real possibility we can get a sequel to it. Right. In the way it ends, but it ends. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's one of them that it ends, but could carry on if he decides to do so. Okay. But it's really good, and I heartily recommend it to anyone. Anyone who likes Ed Brubaker, or anyone who likes crime comics, or anyone who just likes good comics. Yeah. Image is churning out some fantastic stuff at the minute. 
<coughs> have you got one or should I just read mine while you just think? Just do yours. Oh, right, right, right. Batman by Tom King. We've already talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, there's a lot of people who were pissed off with issue 50. I thought it was brilliant because, was, again, there was no other way that was going to go. He was never going to marry Catwoman. So what's the point? We've had this conversation. We've had this conversation I'll... before. The point is the story. Just... Where is he going now? Let's be honest, though. It was... It was stupid. It. I can see how the some people could have felt cheated. Thinks, oh, if Batman's not happy, then he can't be Batman. Then he can't be Batman. But, but no, but we've had that before. We've had that in plenty yeah, of stories before. Stu- Mask of the Phantasm deals with that. Yeah, and it's stupid. It's not it's, stupid. Batman can be Batman as long as he's making sure that no other children see their parents get shot. It's I, got nothing to do about whether he's happy or not. Well, I'd see, I kind of think that... Once you enter into that, suddenly there is something more important in your life. Oh, okay, it's right. the reason I've always argued that Peter Parker would hang it up once he got married and had kids, as we saw in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, but even then with Spider-Man, it's like... So, Spider-Man's making sure mm-hmm. that he's atoning for his own self-imposed guilt for the death of Uncle Ben. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with, oh, if I'm happy, I can't No, it's Spider-Man. got Spider-Man's a different thing, but I suppose with Batman, you could argue as well, Selina Kyle... <laughs> His his is his equal, so there's no reason she can't go out with him. Exactly. <coughs> so yeah, I, I don't buy it. So what all. you're saying is the story would have been more interesting if they had got married, but that's not the story he's telling, and you don't know it that either, they won't. Well, right, okay. So it's either it's either going to be more interesting if they had just done it, if mm-hmm. he just stuck to his guns. Yeah. Or well, he has. He's not been. This or, isn't an editorial right, mandate. Okay. This is yeah, the story yeah, he's okay. telling. Or if it was just any other reason. <laughs> Because I read issue 50 and I'm like, all right. Yeah, but you only read issue 50. I know, but even then, (coughs) I would admit that I was wrong. But I just think I can't marry you because then you'll be happy and then you can't be Batman. It's a stupid reason to not marry Batman. Okay, all right. Well, you can can still like. I think there's other reasons going on that have not yet been revealed. And it did go into one of the best Batman stories or Bruce Wayne stories after that, where Bruce Wayne's called up for jury duty. Yeah, that's really good. the bat dad is being a thing as get at the moment, isn't it? The flashpoint bat dad. He's, he's a little leading bit. up to something. He was yeah, in... that's going up to something. Yeah. But that's but... isn't that going to be handled by Jeff Johns and his three jokers story? No, I don't think so. Is that's... it not? Because even then I'm like, just let it die already. He served his purpose in Flashpoint yeah. and they killed him off. And he brought him back for the button, which was Tom King, not Tom King. Yeah, it was Tom King, and then the, the guy's writing the flash. He served his purpose, and then they killed him off. Still think and that first issue of the button is one of the best Batman and issues now ever. now they've brought him back again. Just let him die. Well, these are popular characters. It's not going to happen. What? Flashpoint like, Bat-Dad? Yeah, it's like Harley Quinn. They're just going to keep bringing it back to make more popular? money. <coughs> I, I don't know. I can't explain why he's who, popular. Who thinks he's popular? <laughs> DC, presumably. They, DC want Jeffrey Dean Morgan to play him in a film. Because he played Bruce well, Wayne's do- dad. Yeah, but they're doing in... Flashpoint. That's fine. Was it Batman they're... versus Superman? He was Bruce yeah. Wayne's dad. But they're doing a Flashpoint film. That's fine. But Flash, it's had its purpose. Let Bat Dad die. <laughs> Poor Bat Dad. <laughs> well, he's died twice. Just leave him. So did Buffy. Anyway, we've discussed that. Uh, the Essential Conan. You think this is a massive cheat. I think it's a cop-out, man. Because I only read it this year. I picked <laughs> yeah. it up at a Liverpool comic mart not long ago for five quid. Five pounds for that Essential volume of Conan. I should right. sell it for 300 before the omnibus comes out. <laughs> um, but I'm not that mercenary. And I read it, most of it, while we were at Sense Parks. Yeah. And loved it. Roy Thomas, Golden Age, Golden Age, Bronze Age, Marvel, at its finest. 
Conan is the most brilliantly simple character in the world. He likes to eat, he likes to shag, he likes to fight, he likes to make money. And that's it. That's his whole reason for being. And every story involves him going on an impossible quest. Every story involves him meeting a woman. Every story involves him climbing a big wall. And every story involves some kind of moral quandary. And Conan always chooses the moral choice, even if it means losing his money. Because he's not completely two-dimensional. But it's it's great. I love that he's just a he's, he is just a thug, <laughs> but with but a smart thug. Yeah, he's he's Jane Cobb if Jane Cobb was Mal Reynolds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if if Mal had Jane's ability to just fight people for no reason. Okay. And his lust for money and wenches, and that's it. Yeah. I love Corn and, and I love all those twenty five issues that are in that book. Invincible. I read everything volumes one through twelve this year. Because I hadn't read, was it 10, 11, and 12? Yeah. When it was announced that it was finishing. And I went back to the beginning and I plowed through the whole thing. And it is probably the single finest superhero comic that's been published in the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, it's an image boot by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker and... Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley. Yeah. On the art. Um, it's a constantly surprising read. He will regularly do stuff that reminds you that this is his comic and he doesn't have to yeah. adhere to what other comics are doing. He'll regularly just completely nuke places on Earth. Like, he'll just wipe San Diego off the map. Well, he killed off Mark Grayson. Yeah. Like, halfway through and then replaced him. Yeah, and then brought him back for a bit. Yeah, yeah. and so and so he's, at the one hand, he's taking the piss out of these superhero tropes where entire yeah. cities will get blown it's like up. It's pseudo-satire. And, yeah, so. but at the same time, he's not forgot that at the heart of it, it has to still be a story. Yeah. And it has to work as a story. And it does. Um, the last six issues, you already warned me that essentially it ends and then the last six issues are an epilogue. Yeah. And I could see that he could he could have carried the book on because those last six issues feel Take like... over 200 yeah, years. Yeah, <laughs> and they feel like this is what the next 50 issues would have been. Yeah. But I can also see how he would have thought that would just be repeating himself. Yeah. And also on... From the very start, it was the anti-Spider-Man. Yeah. It had to end. Yeah. And Mark Grayson went from being 15, 16 years of age. Yeah. All the way to being 216 years of age by the time the thing ends and he gets married and he has a kid and his family change and his entire circumstances change. And it is one of the most bloody violent books I have ever read. Yeah. And we've read Preacher. Well, yeah. Uh, but Invincible takes a whole other dimension. When the Omni-Men are fighting, and it's, these are Superman-level well, super like, yeah, beings. Because it is. Yeah. Superman gutting people. Yeah. yeah. Ripping people apart that they're fighting with. And there was one point as well. The guy when people get stuff. punched and their eyeballs yeah. fly out. But there was one point where Otley was at his peak. Yeah. The Inca and the Colorist are at their peak. And there's this massive fight. And it was just... Is this the Viltrumite War? No. Just a bit before it or afterwards. Right. It was the... the Old guy with the mustache and Brit? one eye. No. Oh no, the head of. Oh and right, it's, yeah, it's the head he, of. Yeah. It's when he kills Adam Eve. Yes. Yeah, that was like that made me squirm. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. That was. Oh god, yeah. Anyway, so uh, all twelve issues of Invincible are out there, probably forever. Yeah. They're currently on sale on Comicsology. Currently for dirt cheap. Into a TV show as well. Why? Uh, I think Rogan has a hand in this as well. Seth Rogen is actively Seth Rogen knows who I am 
and he's 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 one at a time. Yeah, he's he's ticking his list and wiping his ass and all the things I hold dear. I honestly don't. He listens to this see, show. I'm sure Seth, he does. If yeah. you're listening, don't do it. Off. Don't do Invincible. <laughs> I honestly don't see how they can do Invincible on a TV budget, even with the relaxed standards of cable television today. A cartoon might work. Yes, an animated series yeah. would totally work. Yeah, but I can't. They couldn't do that level of violence. Yeah. And this is from somebody oh, like Spartacus. Oh, that scale. It's a yeah. big book. Yeah, it's a massively ambitious project for a television show. Yeah. And I, I'm, I don't know how they're going to pull that off. If they can. Mm. Again, I may watch the first episode and think, eh, not for me. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see how that goes. Okay. Uh, and finally, uh, Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing and Joe Bennett, which is yes. my favourite ongoing book currently being published. I think it's absolutely fantastic, that series. Yeah. A uh, pleasant surprise from Al Ewan and Joe Bennett. Uh, I didn't really expect much from it. No, I don't know why I picked it up. I think it's. I I remember issue. Al Ewan talking on Twitter. I just saw yeah. him on Twitter going, "The first issue of the Hulk was a horror comic," and yeah. I just done a Palace of Glitter and Delights about the first six issues of the Hulk. Okay. And talked about how that first issue was a horror comic, right. and then the second issue was a science fiction adventure, and then the third issue was Beat the Commies, and then yeah. the fourth, and it's like they didn't they didn't have a goddamn clue what to do with the Hulk. It's quite clear. Yeah. Whereas Spider Man and the Fantastic Four, they had a rough idea of what they were doing with them. Uh, Hulk they didn't have a clue so yeah. it's it's different every issue okay all right. <clears throat> and so he's fixated on that first issue that it was a horror comic mm. and that's what he's writing and he's yeah. just doing a blinding job with it yeah even that first issue was standout as well yeah, yeah. all of it's been fantastic uh, honourable mention Batman White Knight which I lent off you but you didn't like I didn't why I just I gen- as an Elseworlds story yeah and as a last Batman story I liked it better than Dark Knight Returns. I mean, there is a sequel in the works. Yeah. Um, but I just... Because I'd, I'd known about it for a while. Massive fan of Sean Gordon Murphy. Yeah, his art's brilliant. His art that? is great. And he, he was tweeting bits here and there, like teasing it. And he'd been in the works for a couple of years and I was very much looking forward to it. And it was finally on the way. Hmm. And then I just didn't... Didn't do anything for you? Yeah. All right. It's It's intentionally doing the whole SJW message, like yeah. he wants that to be a big part of it. The whole use of the white knight is a satire of the term being yeah. a white knight. And I got it all, and I got what he was saying, I just didn't like it. It didn't work for me. And See, art, I really enjoyed it. The art was good, but it just I felt it. to me, I, th- I felt it would have been better if he didn't write it. Because right. then up, that's not his boot. If then, he'd is have come it? up with the story and let somebody else, yeah, but he probably would have picked it. Brian Azzarello and then it would have sucked. But the writing, the writing just lost me. Right. Every issue. See, I really enjoyed that. Right. I thought I wasn't expecting to. <clears throat> I was expecting this is going to be a Brian Azzarello nihilistic. Yeah. The Joker is the hero type story. Yeah. And Batman's wrong. But even then, and there's the... an element of that to it. Yeah. But there's a reason for that. Yeah, there absolutely is. I think I kind of. And I saw this problem with it as well. Is yeah, the reverse in the roles, and that Batman's the bad guy, and Joker's the the. But it's not. And yeah. It doesn't work because once you realise that. They every... realise what's going on. Well, no. Once you realise that, hang on a sec. Joker's not the good guy because he set this all up and mm. did horrible, horrible things. And what did everyone in Gotham have a short-term memory? Yes. That. It doesn't work. No, it's one of them things where to ex- you have to accept the story on its own terms as this finite eight-issue limited series. Yeah. Or nine issues or whatever it was. And it exists in this bizarre amalgam 
of previous Batman continuities. See, I read the first issue and I would swear blind that was in the animated series continuity. No, it's not. It's its but, but you said, no, it can't yeah. be. Carry on reading. And so yeah. I did. And then it was, oh, no, he's right. This can't be solely a continuation of the animated series continuity. Yeah. There's other stuff going on here. But that, I think that's why I liked it. It's a self contained thing, taking little bits and pieces from Batman's lore. And putting it into this one story that you can ignore or disregard if you want because it's not part of regular continuity yeah. or whatever. Whatever regular continuity means when you're talking <laughs> yeah. about Batman. I think I started enjoying it more when I stopped reading it. Mm. Like, because I just kept thinking, well, what's the point? Why am I still getting it? But oh, there's only four issues left. I might as well. You bought it so I could read it. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I stopped. Welcome to my world. I stopped reading it and just treated it as like oh well look he's all the go back and read all it all Batman back to back are all the different, that's cute so I just read it as a little easter egg go and read it all as way. a guest alt because remember that's how I, you let me all nine yeah. issues and I sat down and I powered through them because I really enjoyed it But just, as nihilistic grim dark Batman stories go it's one of the better ones and if you don't yeah. like that in your Batman you probably won't like Batman White Knight but if you do and I'm not averse to it I think you'll enjoy it. It's yeah. currently one of the Black Label books, whatever the fuck that means. It wasn't, but I mean, the Black Label's a ridiculous thing if we're getting into that conversation. Yeah, because... let's be able to show Batman's cock. Because... And he's going to change the word balloons in White Knight so you can see Harley Quinn's breast. And it's like, so what? No, he spoke about that on Twitter, actually. He'd done this piece of art, absolutely great piece of art, and he's talked about what each thing means, yeah. what each panel does, da 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 But... Because he had a, and it's, it's just Sean Gordon Murphy just drawn naked Harley Quinn. Yeah. Big deal. But then, like, someone said, well, let's put the word bubbles on it. Yeah. Said, All right, fine. Fine. But. Because he published the art as he intended. But it's all what? The whole. The Harley whole, Quinn's got boobs. The whole black label thing is absolutely ridiculous, and I think it, it kind of represents everything that is wrong with comics. Well, what um, is what's the point of it? This is what I so, don't. Is it vertigo for black, superheroes? Yeah, basically that is. Yeah. Right. Just do it. So why are they republishing stuff? Like Killing Joke that has seen publication Be- not under Black Label. Well, I don't know, but so they're doing like Watchmen because apparently Doomsday Clock may or may not be one or whatever. Yeah. But, so we've got Batman Damned, and even Lee Bermijo had a big rant about how DC have poorly handled it. Right. Uh, he's he said there was absolutely no press release for Volume Two. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of was released under the radar. Um, and he would just done the art for issue one, hmm. and then all of a sudden it's getting to like chat shows and everywhere that Batman has a dick. Really? Now look at it in context. Hmm. He's getting dressed and hmm. he's completely covered in in shadow. Hmm. You can just see the outline of it, like. Fair play. But yeah, but then you get places like Bleeding Cool that yeah. zoom in and lighten the contrast. But I'm not a child, so I'm like, all right, Batman's getting dressed. <laughs> he's got a dick, and then but it's getting like everywhere out of hand everyone's talking about it so then dc like they sent to the digital version yeah and then they cancel all reprints of it well instead of riding this wave of publicity yeah. so they've cancelled it and like so dana wanted to buy it because she has all the Libra media brand as stuff no it's sold out everywhere by people who just want to see batman's dick or want to make lots of money from yeah. it because so of rich johnson it's completely sold out there's going to be no reprints the they've cancelled the trade for it, I think, or at least have at the time being, mm. and then the because is it only three or four issues? Three, right? They've apparently made Bermijo repaint pages from volume two, which was why it was delayed, 
and then they've not given any press release for when it was released and Bermijo was like well this is absolutely piss poor handling of a, of a comic not only that but Jim Lee has stated in an interview well the thing with uh, Batman Damned is it made us uh, take another look at how we handle our, how our Black Label stories Black Label by the way as we've already said is a mature title line it's a mature line so he said so basically we want to get rid of everything that is an additive to the story to which I said Jim Lee can fuck off <laughs> because if you so apparently Batman mm. with his, his his pecker out getting dressed mm. has to be censored and cancelled and no one should be able to look at it because it's non-additive to the story but meanwhile in a mainstream title Catwoman has her tits out on the front cover mm. and I hate to be all you know mm. SJW and that but that is ridiculous double it's, standard it's, it's an appalling double standard from the head of a company about we can't who's have, made his career yeah out of drawing women who's in saying, scanty clothes you saying we can't have men get dressed because it doesn't add anything to the story but let's get more tits out on the front cover right it's ridiculous okay i, I hadn't followed any of this because i had no intention to buy batman so, down anywhere yeah that's why i think the whole black label thing is 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 ridiculous Farce. yeah okay all right, well, you've not got five because I just threw that at you. I mean, I don't know. There's... That's the cat going batshit crazy. Um, Immortal Hulk yep. is up there, yeah. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, yep. which I only started reading for Ryan Otley, but it's it's been back to basics. It's, it's been, been better than Dan Slott's run, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Terrifics has been a standard. It's, like, it's, it's, not... Not, it's not been not fun, the Terrifics. Yeah, it's not good, it's not bad. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm going through my pull list at the moment, like... The Dreaming. Don't read it. So it's that the Sandman yeah, it's sequel, sequel thing. I wasn't interested in the other three they did, but The Dreaming feels like a decent continuation. Who's writing it? I don't know. Right. It's, it's all new people, really. Right. Um, he gets characters' voices wrong here and there, like Merv Pumpkinhead. <laughs> like, I like Merv Pumpkinhead. Yeah, he's kind of a bit of a different Peter characterization. But I don't know. I'm not enjoying a lot of comics at the moment don't you just need for chill back about yeah but i mean i reread all the salmon for the first time in eight years mm. thoroughly enjoyed that i think it's i hate to agree with there's a warren ellis wrote a piece ages ago now so when he had a regular column on comic book resources yeah about how all of these are just servicing ips all these marvel yeah, and yeah, dc yeah. comics and at the time i didn't agree with it yeah. Because we were still in the era of, of say, Spider-Man, for example, was moving forward. He'd got married and the Clone Saga and all that, and they'd just done the Burn revamp, and that was a bit shit. But yeah. you, Straczynski came on, and whatever my problems are with the back half of Straczynski's run, he came out the gate strong. Yeah. And if you stop reading that when John Jr. Lefts, left, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got a good comic book series. Ignore Sin's past, <laughs> because that is the single biggest piece of shit that has ever been written <laughs> under the Spider-Man banner. I will brook no argument. Um, but what's happened there is now I've got to the point where he's right. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Because I don't care with, say, Spider-Man anymore. I'll read it and I'll enjoy it, but I'm not invested anymore. Because I know at any minute, Joe Quesada can come along and say, right, nullify all that. Well, that's your thing with comics in general. Yeah, but they didn't used to be like that. Yeah. That's the thing. And I think the reason that Batman is still so engaging is because they've thrown away any pretense that this is an ongoing narrative. And essentially, the Grant Morrison paradigm, you come in, you write your story over however many issues it's going to be, Yeah. you tell whatever story you want to tell about Batman, and then you move on, and then the next guy comes in yeah. and tells his story about Batman, 
and however many. So in that case, yeah. Scott Snyder and and Capullo, and they went away. Which is reaching its end soon. I'm very excited. They're working on the last night on Earth. Are they? Which is the, so they're going to wrap the whole going thing. Going to do that with Sean God and Murphy, but he did White Knight instead. Right. So it's going to be Snyder and Capullo doing the last wrapping of the it all story, up. Yeah. And then Tom King turned along and he's doing his. And yeah. I think that's the reason that Batman ultimately still carries on and is still engaging and interesting. Yeah. Because it's pretend, it doesn't even pretend nowadays that this is the same character that existed in the 80s or the 90s or the 60s yeah. or whatever. It's a completely different version of them. And all, as long as all the trappings are there, it's a Batman story. Yeah. But Marvel, by and large, they've done that much fiddle faffery. Yeah. That I just, I'm not invested anymore. Yeah. In any of it. So. Well, yeah. Anyway, that's our annual issue episode. Issue sode. Yeah. Of Hey Kids Comics. The one. Yeah, we're done. Hi, honey. There you go. Angela's cameo. That'll keep you all going for a year, won't it? (laughs) That was it. How much you get paid for that one word cameo? Not enough. enough. Uh, That's it. I don't, again, I have no idea. Probably next Christmas. Yeah, probably. <laughs> unless there's another Man of Steel unless there's, Yeah, unless there's something else that happens in the interim that we absolutely feel we have to talk about. Because I read all of Grant Morrison's Superman run for that Superman show and then we nixed it and did Bendis instead. Yeah. <laughs> but never mind. Anyway. Well, although, you know, next year we'll be able to talk about Endgame. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Star Wars. And Star Wars. For episode 9. Is that next Christmas? Yeah. 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 Uh, did we talk? We talked about Infinity War. Yeah, we did all that, didn't we? Probably. Yeah. What's yeah, happened right. in the six months since? There's only Miles Morales, which was good, but you've not seen. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp was fine for what it is. Seen. It's fine. It's, it's, it's like Ant-Man. Yeah. It's fine. Black Panther. Black Panther was good. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. What else has happened? Only Infinity War was, was five stars. Yeah. Can't think of anything else. No. Are we missing anything? I think so. Has there been a DC movie? Aquaman. Not seen that yet. A bit damp. Wet thaw, <laughs> somebody said. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure Aquaman will be great fun when I get around to you seeing it. You know, I had a dream the other day that Endgame came out and it was 90 minutes long and it was a bit shit. It's and not going to be 90 I, minutes I wo- long. I woke up in cold sweats. <laughs> it's it's going to be about three <laughs> hours. It not be a Phantom Menace. did not be a Phantom accounts. Menace. No, I like some of the Phantom Menace. Anyway, all right, that's enough. We'll knock it on the head, though. Thank you very much for joining us. Um... There's no end tag for this because, again, I, I don't You've know where they are. <laughs> I've lost the files. So it's a 2 3 Freaks presentation, yada, yada, yada. Hey, kids, comments at virginmedia.com. <laughs> That's what you can email us on. The usual gubbins. There's no Amazon link anymore, so just that'll do. <laughs> See you again. Professional. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>